Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August the 4th. In the year of our Lord, 2020, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's broadcast. We had on a little Nelson campaign for liberty.org, and we talked about uh, he's contacting the state auditor about the news of the COVID cases, bailout money we talked about. He's digging in and trying to get answers next week. Hopefully, Lowell will have a better update on that from the treasurer. We also talked about, quote, one nation under house arrest. How do COVID-19 mandates impact our freedoms? John Whitehead with a great article. We also talked about a quote from James Madison. It is proper to take alarm at the first experiment on our liberties. We hold this quote prudent jealousy to be the first duty of citizens. Yeah. And one of the noblest characteristics, wow, of the late revolution. The freemen of America did not wait to usurp power. Anyway, it's a great quote. It's interesting how we look at the founding fathers, and they stood for liberty. We're not doing that today. Thus, we're losing our liberties. We talked about the Fed quite a new scheme for tyranny and poverty. Dr. Ron Paul wrote that piece. Fed coin would not be an actual coin. I guess instead it would be a Federal Reserve bank account. Yeah. How about a Federal Reserve bank account? You want one of those, folks? Yeah, they can put money in it. They can take money away from it. They can block it. They can control it. And you'll be at their mercy. Do you recall the Obama administration's Operation Choke Point? Operation Choke Point involved financial regulators alerting banks and saying, hey, you know what? If you deal with gun stores or whatever else, you kind of become a, and this is an interesting phrase, a reputational risk. And as you become a, quote, reputational risk, yeah, you can be subject to greater regulation and control, you know. We talked about Ron Paul's medical privacy laws, and it's called the Endanger Act now. Uh, the bottom line is this patient ID they're trying to create will help implement <coughs> The new law they're trying to pass called H.R. 6666. And I guess it's a tracking and tracing bill. Whenever the government has a database, it'll be easier for them to control access and or monitoring of everything you do. We talked about the racial inclusivity committee comes to Highland, Utah. Lowell keeping an eye on that for us. We also talked about Samuel Adams. On American Independence, a great column. Hour two, we had Dr. Scott Bradley with us to preserve the nation is his goal. FreedomsRisingSun.com, the website. And we talked about rapper Post Malone. 
Yeah, mocks mask fines. Said you shouldn't be forced to wear a mask, but you should wear one. Fauci said, I don't think we need to go to lockdowns again. The Kurt Crosby family gets the COVID-19 virus. Kurt not only lives, but jumps on the radio to tell the tale. We also talked about the masked movie goers. Interrupt the showing of, quote, no safe spaces. It's a documentary. Police got called. There's not even safe spaces. Watching the movie about safe spaces, huh? Sounds like it's not very safe. Berkeley police arrest multiple masked protesters at an Ann Coulter event. This was a story uh, uh, some time ago, but I thought it was relevant yesterday as well, highlighting. Yeah, if you're a mass protester, you're going to be arrested. There's mass protests everywhere around the world right now, folks. We also talked about a quote commentary. Joel Skousen brought this to our attention. Masks for all COVID-19, not based on sound data. It's called We Are Essential, and it's worth your consideration. We also talked about two attorneys, Garrett Smith and Neil Skousen, are both fighting in a class action lawsuit in court. It's federal court seeking damages from state and local governments saying that they issue these unconstitutional orders. And they um, literally damage the finances of small business owners. And boy, howdy, is that the truth? Anyway, two hours of great radio yesterday. Lowell and Dr. Bradley were the featured, highlighted, I don't know, co-hosts, guests. All right, without further ado, Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. All right, Kurt wants to talk about COVID cases in hardest-hit states. Kurt? Well, very good, Sam. Um, You know, it sure doesn't seem uh, that we're getting the real truth, but uh, World Net Daily's got this piece. says, uh, uh, COVID cases in hardest-hit states declining. Uh, data indicates it's receding in the south as it did in the northeast. Uh, coronavirus infections in the U.S. are beginning to decline overall, with some of the hardest-hit states improving significantly. as according to an analysis by Axios. Uh, they say two of the worst hotspots in the country, Arizona and Texas, experienced significant declines in their caseloads. They say the numbers were 16 and 21 percent, which is regarded as they say, uh, by the way, this Axios thing is a left of center news site. Uh, Axios said the other major summer hotspots that were California and Florida uh, have shown little improvement after weeks of deterioration, they say. Remember who, you know, where they lie on their uh, reporting. It says, however, uh, Jennifer Cabrera, editor of the Florida-based Alachua Chronicle, points out on Twitter the number of deaths that states report each day do not reflect the number of deaths on that particular day. Hmm. In fact, they say the 257 deaths Florida reported on Friday is an accumulation of deaths spread out from June 25th to July 29th. Hmm, little faulty reporting there, Sam. Um, she has published a spreadsheet that accumulates the numbers according to the date of the death. It indicates the number of deaths in Florida peaked two weeks ago and is now declining. 
Dr. Scott Atlas, a Hoover Institution Senior Fellow and former Chief of Neuroradiology, uh, probably easier for you to say, at Stanford Medical Center, confirmed the data shows that even in Texas, Florida, and Arizona, the trends are stable or even coming down. So what do you think will happen now, Sam, uh, you know, with these numbers dropping? Oh, Fauci will tell you it's a false narrative. Donald Trump will argue and fight on Twitter and waste time, and the truth will still be uh, shut down. Poor Dr. Atlas will probably get fired. Dr. Scott, what's his name? Uh, Let's see, Dr. Scott Scott Atlas. Atlas. Anyway, poor guy will probably get fired or something like that. They'll probably pull out a sex scandal or do something to ruin it and derail (laughs) from the truth and not even talk about it. Because you can't have the truth, Kurt, if you want to create tyranny, buddy. If you want to force everybody to do all these uh, things and violate everybody's rights and deny people to go to church and stuff, then you can't be doing, you know, this stuff, Scott. Yeah, that's right. They say that Dr. Atlas uh, was interviewed on uh, Fox's uh, program with Laura Ingram and uh, said he was cautiously optimistic and noted that the length of stays in the hospitals are only one-third compared to April. Uh, yeah. Mortality of that's people why we got to focus on the, the cases, hospital. Kurt. That's right. Is only one half. Uh, he says we're doing less people need uh, where they are in need of the ICU. Uh, less people who are immunizing need a ventilator. Uh, we have better drugs now with a much better handling of how these patients should be treated. He says uh, we have younger patients, lower risk, getting almost all the cases. Not the high-risk people, uh, he says. See, no, I don't even. I don't even think that this narrative anyway. is the only narrative to discuss either. Yeah, go ahead. What, what I mean is, I'm not saying those things aren't true, but what about just the simple idea that the more the virus spreads, the weaker it gets, Kurt? Well, that's very important. Uh, like uh, they even quote um, the uh, yeah, give some numbers out of Singapore and Sweden. They say. Uh, he said that their isolated hospitals extended in capacity. There's absolutely no reason to panic here. We know what's going on here. This is not March or April. This is not some kind of black box of what's going on. Atlas emphasized even people who haven't been infected with the novel coronavirus uh, could be immune. Ooh. Uh, he cited studies from Sweden's um, uh some different institutes there in Singapore that took blood from people from its cousin, SARS-CoV-1, and and 17 years later, there's an indication that that blood still has an immune response. The latest figures in Sweden, which avoided a full lockdown, indicate the country is rapidly bringing the coronavirus under control, according to Bloomberg News. Uh, The health agency of Sweden said that since a peak in late June, the infection rate has fallen sharply with the curves for the seriously ill beginning to approach zero. Final sentence uh, says state epidemiologist Anders Tegnell said that the numbers uh, with the numbers diminishing, we see no point in wearing a face mask in Sweden, not even on public transport. Liberty Roundtable Live.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, there's a little bit more uh, news from overseas, I guess you could say. Uh, the Western Journal uh, reports this, Jonathan Jones there. Headline reads, Dutch government suggests masks could increase COVID risk due to incorrect wear. The government officials in the Netherlands, they say, will not ask citizens to wear masks as they say there is no clear in evidence that doing so would slow the spread of the coronavirus. Reuters reported the decision was made and announced by the Dutch Minister for Medical Care. Uh, her name is Tamara Van Ark. Um, the policy was also reviewed by the country's National Institute for Health, which said it could not support advising residents to wear masks whenever they are out in public despite a surge of cases in the country, instead of mandating facial coverings, the country will seek a solution that includes more physical distancing because from a medical perspective, they, she says, uh, there is no proven effectiveness of masks. The cabinet has decided that there will be no national obligation for wearing non-medical masks. That's what she said at a news conference. Um, I guess the chief of the Net Dutch National Institute for Health, his name is Jap Van Diesel, um, also spoke about the country's view of the efficacy of facial coverings, 
which are only required on public transportation and at airports in the Netherlands. The health officials said studies which show masks can slow the spread of the coronavirus have not convinced Dutch health experts. Recommended videos, his hero Rudy G, a Republican, Herman Cain dies, etc. You know, these are some of the ones that they talk about. He argued wearing masks incorrectly together with worse adherence to social distancing rules could increase the risk of transmitting the disease, uh, Reuters reported. So we think that if you're going to use masks in a public setting, then you must give good training for it. Um, the Netherlands announced it would be lifting lockdown restrictions and has seen an increase in cases since then, according to Reuters. Dutch officials are not alone in their skepticism of facial coverings. Swedish officials, who did not shut down the country amid the coronavirus pandemic and chose to instead seek an approach that relies on citizens gaining herd immunity, have been critical of masks. Anyway, it's just a little bit more of the whole thing. Um, yeah, the debate know, rate is on. So while no that's masks. happening in Sweden, they're not wearing face masks. Dutch government says, hey, face masks, inappropriate wearing might be a problem. There's no evidence. The case count's going down. The virus getting weaker. It's not near the problem it once was. Even in states that we thought it was going to just rifle through and ratchet up, it's gone down. They're talking about the number of cases rather than the number of deaths and or hospitalizations so they can make it sound horrible without real evidence or backing or discussion of truth. But it gets worse now because President Donald Trump, Trump campaign touts face coverings. He even goes so far as to say patriots wear face masks, Kurt. So if you're not wearing a face mask, buddy, you're not really a patriot there, Kurt, according to the Trump campaign. Well, anyway, I don't know who came up with that, but uh, well, you the know, Trump I think it's that, important Kurt. to uh, breathe. Um, breathing Good. is you know, a high priority yeah. item. But the Trump campaign came up with it, Kurt. It's a Trump campaign email. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how Trump feels about his campaign emails, but there you have it. That's what he's touting. And, you know, sadly, I think Trump's working on the election, not working on the truth uh, in this case. And I'm not here to attack President Trump, but I am here to highlight. Look, don't suggest that the, you know, patriots wear masks. Okay. As if you're not patriotic, if you don't. Well, this will probably get a lot of people to quit wearing masks. You know, patriots wear masks because a lot of people think those patriots are kind of crazy. Yeah, good point. So now all the Democrats will run around and since they, they hate Trump and they're never Trumpers. Everything Trump masks. says, they'll do the opposite. All kinds of liberals will run around mask-free and just kill everybody, won't they, Kurt? Anyway, it's all mixed up, and I'm disappointed about the Trump campaign promoting that. Again, it just shows that they've got their fingers in the wind, buddy. And, uh, you know, now it wouldn't surprise me if the campaign went off the rails and did what they wanted, and then when Trump finds out about it, he'll go against that point. There's a likelihood of that. But, again, just more confusion over the mask issue. And, uh, you know, the debate is the scientific evidence, Kurt, and the researchers really say that those who dig in say there's no evidence. That masks help. Even other countries are standing up and saying that now. But we insist that if you don't wear masks, somehow you're going to kill everybody. Next headline, D.C. mayor says that attendees of Lewis's funeral exempt from the COVID restrictions, Kurt. 
What do you think of that? DC well, mayor, you hey, know, if you want to go to that. Whole, yeah, it's more of the whole, uh, these rules are for you guys and not for us. And, you know, the the judge or the judicial system is, you know, to take you down and not us. And that's just how that all works, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I find that interesting because you look at that and you go, it isn't even you guys. It isn't even a, um, uh, you know, they can wear masks and we or we have to wear masks and they don't or whatever else. It's a, It depends on where you're going, Kurt. So when you walk out of your house, all I got to do is say this. Where are you going, sir? Now, I want you to answer where you're going and I'll tell you if you have to have a mask or not. You ready? Where are you going, Kurt? So if you say you're going to the grocery store, then you got to wear a mask, but you might kill everybody trying yeah. to get food. Okay. All right. Yeah, you just keep uh, asking. Where buddy. Where is it that you can say you you're going and you don't have to? Um, a riot. Oh. If you want to go to a riot, yeah, you're cool. You if you want to go to the point. funeral of certain people that have Elected racial, yeah. you know, right. whatever good that point. you know, if they're on the right side of the race, deal. Doesn't matter if they're racist or the real history or truth doesn't matter. If you go to your family's funeral, you probably really shouldn't go because you might kill everybody there. Okay, so it that. needs to be really small. But if you want to go to a riot or some special privileged person's funeral, then you don't need a mask. Ask me another question, Kurt, and I'll tell you. You're walking out of your house. I'm saying, where are you going, sir? You tell me, and I'll tell you, you the rules. To church. Oh, sir, not only should you wear a mask, you should not even go, my friend. In fact, if you go, we'll probably arrest you at the door. Place. Okay, and, and I'm going I, to the casino. Oh, no, no problem, sir. You can go to the casino. In fact, I've got some extra, since the COVID's been so difficult and everything else, I've got a little coupon where you can smoke and drink and, you know, pervert the laws of God to your heart's content, sir. No problem with that. some booze at the uh, yeah. state liquor store. Oh, you can go do that. You probably ought to wear a mask, though, so you can feel good when you get your booze. But we'll set up a drive through right. so, so you can just roll on through. Get your booze. Roger that, yes. Again, tell me where you want to go. I'll tell you what the rules are. Marijuana dispensary. Oh, no problem. You you know what I mean? You can go there. In fact, we have an extra card where it's like buy one, get one free, um, you know, right now. See? Where Very else do you want to go, Then you'll be healthy. I can't think of too many other fun little locations. Yeah, you want to go to a prostitution venue? No problem, sir. You want to go to somebody's well, I wedding? I don't think you should go. Especially if it's a male-female wedding. Now, those are off-limits. Now, a male-male wedding or, like, you know, if you have a polyandrous marriage where there's, like, a bunch of people, like a group marriage, you could probably go to one of those, no problem. See, we're, they're literally doubling down and saying that. While multiple countries are saying, hey, you don't need to wear masks. Dutch government says that. Okay? Trump campaign touts face coverings. D.C. mayors say attendees, hey, they don't have uh, of this... Um, Lewis's funeral, no problem, you're exempt. Now, government officials in the Netherlands. Did you already mention this one, Kurt? Mm, just a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, did, uh, did you vet that enough? Not or? ask. Well, they're, I think so. They're, they're saying that, hey, if you wear it wrong, it's no good, and, you know, et cetera, right? Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. Well, let me just, okay, so what if you say, when I say, where are you going, Kurt, you say, well, I'm going to. I'm going to go to my own business, Kurt. What if you said that? Well, especially if it was uh, like a gym or something like that. You could, well, you then you can't go to that. People would do exercise and get like healthier and stuff like that. You don't want that That's in right. America. So I would just tell you right now, you probably shouldn't go or bad stuff might happen to you, buddy. 
gotta go pick up some booze at the state liquor store. You know, Heck yeah. that'd be a different story. Mm-hmm. Darn right, roll through the drive-through, no problem at all. Um, but really, these people literally left their house and went to their own business, Kirk. It's a gym. You're right. And what happened? Well, that's right. Um, the uh, they happen to be in New Jersey, so that's the main problem that they've got. I think uh, the headline reads: Gym owners break into their own business. Come open shop despite governor's orders. Uh, C. Douglas Golden writes for the Western Journal. Um, well, these owners of this At- Attilus Gym in Belmar, New Jersey, are finding out exactly what happens when you cross Democrat Governor Phil Murphy's shutdown orders. I'm kind of redneck. Mm-hmm. How do you break into your own business? Just Good wondering. Point. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump is urging all Americans to continue taking precautions, including wearing masks, to prevent the spread of coronavirus. I urge all Americans to continue to socially distance, wash your hands, wear a mask when you cannot avoid crowded places, and to protect the elderly. The president telling reporters that includes states where the virus is considered as being under control. He says there are 18 states where the positive test rate is now under 5%. Now Tropical Storm Isaias is moving rapidly northward along the eastern seaboard after making landfall in North Carolina last night as a Category 1 hurricane. The storm now expected to bring torrential rain and flood risks along the mid-Atlantic states today, possibly impacting the nation's capital. Tornadoes are also possible. This is USA Radio News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian health care sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. President Trump says he wants to help communities in rural areas. He spoke at the White House yesterday. Furthermore, I'm directing the Department of Agriculture, Department of Health and Human Services and the Federal Communications Commission to form a task force that will break down barriers to expanding rural health care. While the two White House contenders are pretty much known, primary elections are still scheduled today in five states, Michigan, Kansas, Arizona, Missouri, and Washington state. 
between the coronavirus pandemic and the riots in the streets of America growing out of demonstrations against racial injustice and police brutality, more and more Americans are looking to buy guns. CNN reports the FBI completed nearly 4 million firearm background checks in June, the highest ever recorded in a single month. The agency performed over 17 million checks between March and July. That was 12 million over the same period last year. USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Yeah, so these poor folks decided they were going to leave their house and go to their own business, Kurt. I guess they got busted for breaking in. That's right. Ian Smith, 33, and uh, Frank Trumbetti, 51, uh, according to KYW uh, TV there, were both arrested after they broke into their own gym. To open, uh, they were in defiance of the Garden State's lockdown measures when it comes to gyms. The move was the latest in a series of escalating battles between the owners of the gym and state authorities over whether or not these guys have the ability to run their business. Uh, they struck back again uh, this, just recently. Uh, the owners of the gym, um, well, closed by the state in dispute over pandemic regulations, they kicked in the front door to reopen. They kicked in the plywood panels that had sealed the entrance to their business, uh, drawing cheers from a group of flag-waving supporters. That's according to the Courier Post. Um, it was their first return to the gym uh, since Monday when they uh, were arrested for defiantly reopening their gym on July 24th. Yep, so a lot of crazy you stuff know why going doing on this, out Kurt? there, Sam. Well, I guess they're anti-American and yeah, not that's right. See, there's two sure. narratives. There's one that they're anti-American. Now, the rioters that would burn the place down, they're like patriots, okay? But the the, the folks that's that right. want to right. open their business, they're just they they hate America. They want to kill everybody. But the truth is, they just simply want to go back to work and like pay their bills, Kurt. Imagine that. They even went on to say that the governor there is flexing his little tyrant muscles. Boy, how do you uh, they say Heard They that. say officers from the county sheriffs entered the premises without a warrant or adhering to the signage posted on the door, requesting that they call first. They took Frank and I, you know, this is what um, the other ones, uh, Ian is writing about. He says they took Frank and I away and boarded up our private place of business. This is going to be fun in court if this doesn't alarm you. Well, I... I'll just tell you, Ian, that if you get the wrong judge and you don't get a jury of your peers, it's not going to be fun in court. But anyway, if this doesn't alarm you, he says you're part of the problem. Both were charged with a single count of fourth-degree contempt, obstruction, and violation of the Disaster Control Act. Well, yeah, that's probably appropriately named if it's New Jersey. It's a disaster. Yeah, there you go. That's according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Anyway, bottom line is, look out for those rogue gym reopenings. Yeah, let me just explain something. The latest America, don't you dare break into your own business, people. You got that? Good point, Sam. Yeah. All right, what do they call this? Loma antibodies used to create antibodies? Well, llamas. You know, we're talking about llamas, Oh, llamas? Uh, 
I thought yeah, this was llamas. like a new kind of antibodies, Kurt. You know, you got the <laughs> well, llama sort of kind, they are, and then you got the nanobots, according, right? That's right. According to the uh, World Net Daily Boys, uh, you got what's called the llama antibodies. Now, if you uh, llamas are those cute little animals that, you know, they almost look like those push me pull use from the uh, Doctor. What was it, Doctor? Uh, Anyway, the movie, you know, years ago. I'm trying to remember the name of it. But the headline reads, Llama antibodies used to create nanobodies that neutralize coronavirus. We're hopeful that we can push this breakthrough on into preclinical trials. And let me explain, so you've got, let me explain the rules go to ahead. this, Kurt, so you understand. Yes, sir. If we uh-huh. can patent this to where it can be a trillion-dollar industry then by all means, we can push it to trials. If it would be a natural health and healing solution that wouldn't cost a whole lot of money and really, like, you know, reject the corona and really give people a chance to have antibodies to neutralize the coronavirus and it wasn't a cash cow, then it's going to be flat-out shut down, buddy, in favor of something else that will be cash cowable. Is that a word? Cash cowable? Yes, very good, very good phrase. But isn't that really the rules? They talk about... Well, it seems like it. I mean, you know, you got that um, hydroxychloroquine that's like 16 bucks, and then you got the rendisivir that everybody thinks is the coolest, and uh, it's like three grand, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, they say these nanobodies work by binding to the SARS-CoV-2 virus and blocking its entry into human cells, and these cute little llamas... Uh, have some of this what they call spike proteins uh anyway the bottom line is uh uh they call one of the fifi the covid19 fighting llama Uh, well uh, i hope for success on this and again i do believe the most natural solutions nine times out of ten are the real answers kurt Uh, most of the time Mm -hmm. you can't find them because they get blocked from distribution or blocked from production or Whatever else, but nine times out of ten, those are the answers, Kurt. And so I pray that there's success Good here. Point. But I predict it gets shut down fast unless they can somehow patent it or control it or whatever else, right? That's right. Some big company can, you know, spend a billion dollars and yeah. make $100 billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our prayers are for freedom and safety and stability, folks. Kurt wants to talk Imagine about the that. babe in the bunker. Well, this lady, her name is Barbara Simpson. Yeah, she uh, does a great that's job, That's what by the she way. calls her. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And she talks about a company called Trader Joe's. I'm, I'm not completely familiar with this. Kurt, but what is wrong she with says, you, buddy? Uh, No, listen, you're supposed I'm to be the health czar. Out of touch. You don't, what, what don't okay. you know about Trader Joe's? Well, you you I mean, know, I've buddy. been there a few times. I yeah. just didn't know how they did this stuff. Uh, she talks about. Well, let me says, explain uh, first off so you Joe's. understand the setup for the story. Trader Joe's is under yeah. fire for being racist, Kurt. And we talked about this a Very few days ago. Everybody way. is, right? Mm-hmm. No. All right. If you're a rioter and you're, you know, or somebody oh, like that, right. you're not yeah, a racist. A in fact, how, you're okay. You can't be racist. Now, if you're black, you can't be a racist unless you're like the Uncle Tom type. Good point. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's people that aren't racist. Or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're either ignorant, you're the Uncle Tom type, or, you know, you're a pedophile. Yeah. If you're, okay. okay. I got it. Whatever. Um, but Trader Joe's has, like, products. And they have lines of products for, like, different cultures of food and everything like that. And so they have, like, a line of Mexican food, and they have some name for it. I don't have it in front of me right this second. Yeah, they say it's Trader Jose. Okay, yeah, Trader Jose. All right, now, they're saying that's racist. Because, dude, how dare you mock Jose? <clears throat> you know, and, and okay, it's not racist, Kurt. All they tried to do was 
associate it with something that made sense for people so people could know. I mean, what are you supposed to call it? Then they, I guess they say, if it's Asian stuff, it's traitor mean. Yeah. Uh, then they, then they. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and this lady said she laughed when she first learned about it, and she just really appreciated it. Uh, she says. Um, you know, I guess they've got Trader Giottos. I guess that's for the uh, Italians, like Italian stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, See, it's you know, just it's so, designed yeah. to help you know what it is and what encapsulates the lines of products, Kurt. It's not a hostile thing or a hate-filled thing or anything. Yep, very good. They say the guy that no, I think they ought to start Trader naming Joe's. the like they, what they ought to do is they ought to do like Mexican um, pasta. And then they ought to do, like, Italian salsa. They say the thing started back in Pasadena in Southern California 62 years ago. Started with one location spread like wildfire, they say, uh, as people decided they liked the ambiance. I like that word. The merchandise, the prices, and the staff. Hmm. Uh, They say... Uh, this one lady says, uh, that writes this, she says, there's no way I would change my shopping habits and no way I would support the company if it decided to make any changes because of a politically correct effort by some liberal teenager who really would stay home and study her um, algebra, or should stay home, she says, and study her algebra. In a statement, uh, the store said, we make decisions based on what customers purchase as well as the feedback we receive from our customers and crew members. If we feel there's a need for change, we do not hesitate to take action. They added that it feels the names of its international food show appreciation for other cultures. Hmm. Imagine that. The founder of the stores, Joe Colombe, uh, died in um, 2018. He was at, uh, 89 years old. The chairman and CEO of the company now is Daniel T. Bain. And this lady, uh, Barbara, what's her Simpson. name? Simpson. The baby, Barbara Simpson says, I extend my congratulations to him and all the directors of Trader Joe's for the courage to stand up for their rights to run their business as they see fit and resist the politically correct pressure so rampant in our culture today. So, pretty good stuff, I thought. Very good stuff. And I commend Trader Joe's for not falling for the... Um Politically correct manipulation. I mean, it's out of control, Kurt. It's just gone way, way, way too far. Does anybody have a problem with Trader Jose's? The other problem is, what if you name your Mexican restaurant some Mexican term, Kurt? Like, what if it's like, um, oh, like there's a, a restaurant that I go to often called Paco's Tacos. Now, Mexicans named it. Are they allowed to do that, Kurt? Oh, no, Sam. No. Yeah, they are. They're Mexican, buddy. They're not Fixed. racist. Don't you oh, know? Oh, that's right. It's yeah. only you white You people. just can't. That's correct. If I had a taco place called Paco's Tacos, it would be racist as all get out. So, see, Good Trader point. Joe should have been Jose from the beginning, and he wouldn't have had a problem. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets, Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen 
by a friend of Medjugorje, whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-gooders to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Trader Joe's doing a great job. <clears throat> Barbara Simpson lauds company for its spine of steel in refusing to cave or bow to the, quote, politically correct demand. And the thing is that if it was Jose that created Trader Joe's, Jose would be fine. But it's Joe, you know, that's not fine. See? And the problem is the double standard that we're seeing here at every turn. Okay, one of my favorite restaurants, Paco's Tacos. <clears throat> is that a racial slur? Well, the Mexican people came up with it and thought it was a clever name, and they got great food, and I like them. I'm white, and they're Mexican, and that mattereth not. What matters is they have great food, and they like to sell it, and they have great food, and I like to buy it, Kurt. What do you think of them apples? Crazy way to do things, Sam. I mean, I don't know if that'll ever go in America. Yeah. Sad, but the very point we're making. All right, Steve Scalise in the news, Kurt. Well, if you don't know who Steve Scalise is, he's <laughs> one of the unlucky ones that was playing uh, softball, uh, getting ready for a softball game on the you know the Republican Party versus the Democrats, and and while he was out there, um, some crazed uh, um, Democrat lover started shooting those Republicans, and uh, Steve Scalise took some bullets, and uh, you know thanks to guys like Rand Paul and uh, Mike Lee and a few others, uh, he survived it. Um, but anyway, I guess he was doing a little questioning. The headline from uh, WesternJournal.com says. Hey, um, well, Fauci um, shreds media narrative, admits President Trump's COVID response saved lives. Now, you know, the, the sad thing, at least in my opinion, most Americans will never be given this kind of headline um, simply because, well, this is positive for the president. And the, uh, 
questioning went with uh, Mr. Fauci uh, saying that uh, he agreed that a number of the things that the president had decided to do saved lives and that he, uh, they had very little disagreements, even though the disagreements are always touted, et cetera. Um, yeah, because how are uh, you going to hate on Donald Trump properly if you can't, you know, create I guess a, a feud in his exactly administration? Right. Yep. Uh, Scalise asked, by and large, would you say that you and President Trump have been in agreement on most of those decisions? We were in agreement on virtually all of those, Fauci says. By the way, the Trump team made sure that clip got amplified. Uh, and uh, they say that. Now, let me uh, stop you there. Did he really make sure it got amplified or did he make sure it just got actually told? Well, yeah. What, what I mean by uh, that, there's a difference between saying I want to amplify this out of context yeah. or beyond its normal bound. I'm saying I think that it's more like we just want everybody to know the truth. That's exactly A little different right. viewpoint and, on and the same yet, reality, in my right? opinion. Good point. Um, and in my opinion, very few places will, like CNN's not going to put that on, Sam. Uh, anyway. Uh, Here's what the Democrats would say on the opposite about... side. If it was something they wanted to promote, instead of them saying they amplified it, like that, what they'd yeah. say is, we prevented Donald from keeping secrets. Yeah, See what I mean? You can just never win, folks. Never. Because yeah, that's how they play the game. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, Steve Scalise, <laughs> it's interesting, though, in my opinion, that he has to force Fauci to admit that Trump saved lives with his COVID response. And here's the point that I want to get at with this. <laughs> should this be something that we debate whether people should know or not or debate viewpoints on this? Look. If Trump saved lives, can we all just admit it? Whether you like Trump or don't like Trump or appreciate his antics or his politics or whatever. Look, did Donald Trump's move save lives? And everybody who studies the data on this, Kurt, says yes. Can't we just agree that's a good thing? And the answer is not for these people that are pro-death, no. Be the case. Because yeah, they want to kill everybody, Kurt, right? Well, you scare everybody, uh Etc. Yeah. But I think everybody should just step back and go, did Trump save lives? And Dr. Fauci even says yes. Of course, it took Steve Scalise to put him to the wall on it, right? Good point. And, um, you know, I'm sure that CNN and NBC and ABC and CBS, they just didn't have space. But for if that. they saved lives, then all these people should be willing to tell you about it and be happy about it. I'm happy about it. You know, I don't know if I'm just amplifying it or if I just want to tell the truth about it. Or if I just want to celebrate good news when I get it, I don't know what you want to, what banner you want to put it under. But I'm saying it's a good thing, and I'm happy about it. I'm grateful that lives are saved. And if Nancy Pelosi saved lives tomorrow, I'd give her credit too, Kurt. You want to know why? Because that's um, right to do. Yeah, it's the right thing to do, and because if she could do something right, hey, I'm grateful for that. I just wish she'd do more right, that's all. All right, big tech's in the news. Now, we talked about this, and it's, you know, at least something we've been bringing up, but it, and at least in my opinion, it's sad that it doesn't get, you know, promoted very well in so many other places because it is uh, good news, uh, Sam, and they've been, uh, um, well, really going after these doctors that had the courage to go up and stand on the steps of the Supreme Court and uh, talk about hydroxychloroquine and how the... Uh, Oh, the one lady, uh, you know, it was very impressive. She was, uh, you know, a, a physician 
trained in Nigeria, as I understand, and uh, talked about 350 of her patients that, you know, she had treated, and, uh, you know, every, every one of them uh, successfully with the COVID. And, you know, that's the kind of news that you'd think, man, you really want to promote this kind of stuff because it's, it's good news. It's um, from, I mean, it's positive. It's, but then I guess that's the reason you don't promote it, right, Sam? Well, and I don't even understand why big tech even cares about hydroxychloroquine or whatever stuff's called, chloroquine, quine, whatever. I don't know why big yeah. tech even cares. Well, the main reason I think they care is that they do have a political um, axe to grind, if you will. And, well, I think uh, they ought to just be happy. It's like, hey, you know what? Why censor the debate? Why not let the debate just roll? Why not be the bastions of free speech and opportunity? And why don't the people make up their own mind based on the evidence and the information they see, Kurt? Kind of like Fox used to say, we report, you decide. Exactly like that. The only problem is Fox isn't doing that. that, But it's a great idea. Good point. I support the point. It's kind of like the Republicans. You know, what is a Republican, as you wisely point out a lot of times? If we're talking about a a platform obeying Republican, Kurt, I agree with most of it. Yep. If you're talking about a Republican that just... um, is a rhino and or part of the deep swamp Republican, then I'm mm. a little less interested in the Republican plan. A little less, yeah. All right. Uh, you got this epidemiologist? An epidemiology professor, I guess what you say over there. Yeah, well, right, that's a, it's a subheadline of that uh, previous, you know, the big tech censors because, you know, they basically are telling you that this epidemiology professor at Yale, they're saying, this guy's not a real doctor. And they're like, what? You know, how come only real doctors are the ones that say the things you want them to say instead of the ones, you know, that just, I mean, you should be able to listen to them all, right? Sam? Well, it depends on when you say you should. Who's you? Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. You know, now, if, if it's all tyrannical plans or death or destruction, or then sure. If it's some view that's not acceptable at the table, then no. It's kind of like, you know what, y'all can sit down at the table and we're really for religion. But you Christians are just not welcome. Not that uh, flavor. Of yeah, see, it's that kind of a discussion. Yeah, what a sad point. tale to tell. Anyway, I wanted to highlight that, though, because they're even debating who a doctor is now. doesn't matter your certificate, your credentials. It, you know, it, you're just not a doctor because they said so, buddy. Well, it's the whole, uh, like the whole racist thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're a white guy, then... You know, it's already been decided there. The die's already been cast, my friend. Good point. All right, Britain is in the news, Kurt. Well, Sam, it was interesting to me to see, uh, you know how I told you that I've been trying to follow up on these five-minute tests. Yeah, uh, and you know how I've been telling you they're not real, right? Well, I remember hearing that, yeah, just a few times. But anyway, uh, Britain's going to roll out millions of what they call 90-minute coronavirus tests. Why would they do that when the five-minute ones are on the market, buddy? (laughs) I know. That's what I uh, thought was interesting. Because it isn't true. That's uh, why. Look, I've researched this till the cows come home. It's not even true. The uh, boys there at the uh, Abbott uh, Industries is who brings uh, brings us, or at least say they have this five-minute testing thing. They even emailed me recently, and they said, Thank you for your continued interest in the ID Now COVID-19 rapid molecular test and in your efforts to help protect your patients, your employees, and your community. You know, because I was checking on it. 
Uh, yeah, you have patience. They say it's like, a, yeah, well, they they say it's like a size of a toaster, and you, you know, I mean, heck, you ought to be able to get that thing for like twenty bucks. But they do say they have four and a half million of them out there. I just haven't been able to find one. Uh, use of the nobody ID in our now beloved product, state of Utah can find one either, my friend. <laughs> right? They say uh, uh, this thing requires a clinical laboratories improvement amendments certificate. Well, there's here's the main reasons that I'll never be able to see one or touch one. I'm pretty sure. And then they they call it CLIA. That's you know what stands for that. Clinical Laboratories Improvement Amendments Certificate, they say generally require that all facilities that perform patient-specific diagnostic testing meet certain federal requirements and standards as set forth by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. You didn't know we had one of those, but we do. It's called CMS. Uh, more information on the specific requirements and how to obtain a CLIA certificate can be found. And they Yeah, Kurt, why don't you uh, try to get one of them there. CLIA certificates, my friend? <laughs> yeah, it says, if you are a CLIA certified facility, uh, please let us know by filling out this form, and we will continue to provide you updates. We thank you for your interest in our ID Now test. You know, that's supposed to be like five minutes to 90 minutes like they're going to do over in Britain. Well, let me explain um, the problem for the Britons. They don't have one of them Clio certificates, buddy. Yeah, good point. Uh, and that's sincerely signed the Abbott Rap Rapid D Diagnostics Team. Now, read so, the details, though, where they know. say that their system's not even approved, Kurt. Well, down underneath it, it says... This is really uh, important. Now, to, when I say these don't exist, listen carefully to this. That's right. Um, the ID Now COVID-19 EUA has not been FDA cleared or approved. It has been authorized by the FDA under an emergency use authorization for use by authorized laboratories and patient care settings. The test has been authorized. This is the uh, regulations that you got to get rid of if you're the president but anyway the test has been authorized only for the detection of nucleic acid from SARS-CoV-2 not for any other viruses or pathogens and is only authorized for the duration of the declaration that circumstances exist justifying the authorization of emergency use in vitro diagnostic yeah so here's the bottom line as soon as the vaccine anyway, comes out yeah. buddy and we're trying to give everybody the jab this thing's gone if it ever existed in the first place Try to find one. There's four I'm and a half million you, of them around. It's bogus. Because if it hasn't even been FDA approved or properly it's like vetted, where's Waldo? And it's an emergency rabbit. device in the first place. How accurate do you think it could be, Kurt? I bet it's pretty accurate if you could ever get one. You think? I think it's probably so inaccurate they only want the labs to know how it fails all the time. It's kind of like one of them voting machines. Oh, uh, good point. <laughs> wow. Hour one in the can. Hour two coming up. Rachel Alexander joining us. Hard-hitting talk straight ahead. For Sam and Kurt, LovingLiberty.net, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live, where we clearly say, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for 
August the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Rachel Alexander with us, well-known columnist in her own right, been around for a long time, stellar reporting to say the least. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, Rachel. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Let's talk about several things, first of all. Uh, You have been a reporter for quite some time with a lot of great details and a lot of stories. You get more of the inside scoop. It's like real reporting brought back, isn't it? Oh, you're asking me if I get the inside scoop. Yeah, you usually get the inside scoop more than others, and it's real reporting for a change. Most of the time, they just parrot something from all the other news outlets, but you actually dig. (laughs) Yeah, part of it's because I've gotten a few niches over the years, like uh, telling what's going on with people prosecuted by the deep state, for example. So in those cases, I, you know, contact that person and get the full story. And, you know, and I'm usually the only person reporting it. You're right, because other people don't bother to, um, you know, call them. I mean, I, I, there was a, one of the guys who's being prosecuted, uh, Breitbart covered his story, but they just said what the mainstream news was saying. I, and I'm surprised because I really like Breitbart, but um, I got the truth out about this poor guy. All right, let's talk about a story. A little bit, and Rachel's so kind, she doesn't want to out me on this, uh, but I'll, I'll do it for her. Uh, I reported on Saturday, and I was talking about the Steve Stockman fiasco, where literally poor Steve Stockman got the COVID in prison. They let out, you know, rapists and murderers and thugs of all kinds, but Steve, oh no. Steve Stockman had to sit and rot in prison. He was told he was going to get out, all kind of things, but somebody up high in the administration reversed it and shut down poor Steve. And then he got COVID. And then at first, as far as I understand, he was denied the ability to do something about it. First off about Steve, the good news is something has changed. Now he's at least getting some kind of a treatment, right? We hope so. Um, He did get finally taken to the hospital after uh, late night news, 10 p.m. exposed what was going on with him. Uh, You know, they came rushing over to his cell right after 10 p.m. And they took him to the hospital and they are. They gave him a prescription for. Um, I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Hydro- Hydroxychloroquine, right? Yeah, thanks. And uh, did some other things like you know X-rayed his lungs because you could tell they were in, you know bad trouble and um, gave him zinc and things. But the prison has yet to fill the prescription, so we're waiting to hear you know whether that actually happens because the prison is treated him so horribly. What they're really hoping to do is do enough so that they can't get in trouble, uh, but yet let him die before they can get the real rescue to the table. That's what really seems to be happening. I mean, one of the creepy things they did was he has a prescription for zinc, and they stopped filling that in February. And that's one of the key things that you need to fight COVID. And he's and he's sixty three years old. He's diabetic. He's got other health issues. He is at high risk. Well, I don't know how to respond to this, but our prayers are with Steve. I, we've done everything we can to try to get him out of harm's way. It's just falling on deaf ears. I don't know how much the Trump administration knows about it, but you would think President Trump would act on this one. You really would. 
Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that on your show, and it's a, a good idea is to try to get a pardon for him. And um, he's been trying, but you know what it's like to try to get through to Trump. I mean, it is just, we've all been trying. We've all been trying to use our channels. and yeah, Never mind that he sends me propaganda every day, uh, messages begging for money, saying, Sam, you're one of the elite. Sam, I can't live or make decisions without you. Sam, we want you to come to dinner with Donald Trump, but why don't you just put some money in and enter a drawing, and you might win, buddy. They send me those every day. Nevertheless, I can't get a hold of the president if my life depends on it. Right, right, right. I got to be honest. I unsubscribe from his text messages because it was just so obnoxious. So, yeah, I mean, it's been horribly frustrating, and we're hoping with this burst of news media now about him actually contracting COVID, maybe somebody will finally listen. You know, William Barr might be able to do something. The problem is it's high-level bureaucrats at the Bureau of Prisons who are stopping it, and Steve has heard it's because of his politics. That's why they won't let him out. And it's probably Obama holders of the Trump administration that are making that decision. Um, right. It's, it's no, it's exactly. It's deep state bureaucrats. It's not anyone who's you know, a Trump appointee or someone who just came in. Um, it's, it's the old guard. Well, our prayers are with Steve, uh, big time. Steve, our prayers are with you, my friend. If there's anything we can do, we would do it. We have done everything within our power and we will continue to. We will never, never, never give up. I just want to say that, but I just wish I could do more. I just, it's the, one of the most frustrating things. It's almost like watching your kid be sick and you feel like, man, they're in such discomfort and pain, but I can do nothing about it. It feels like that to me. It's very, very discouraging and frustrating, but we will not give up. We will have faith. We will pray and we will hope for one uh, that you have the uh, health to uh, overcome uh, this COVID. And two, we hope you get released and returned to your wife where you belong. Uh, all right, now, I had compared Steve's dangerous situation to another politician where the House Ethics Committee ordered Republican Arizona Rep David Schweiker, I think is how you say his name, right? Yeah. All right, David Schweiker, to pay a $50,000 fine after they found that they say he uh, you know, broke all kinds of other ethics rules and da 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 it's not exactly like Steve's case, but similar enough to compare. And I, I on the radio, I don't know Mr. Schweiker, so I don't know, but I, I speculated, hey, this guy's a deep state operative. That's why he gets off so easy, and Steve gets the shaft. Well, it turns out that Rachel knows a lot about Steve, or I'm sorry, uh, about Mr. Schweiker and Steve's case. And so she basically emailed me and said, hey, you know what? There's a little more to this Schweiker story that you, you ought to know, Sam. So let's learn about this guy. He's a good guy, right? Yeah, I know I'm going back to 2005 when we were both in county government together. And um, I think he's one of the most ethical, honest people I have ever met. Um, I absolutely love him. And here's some evidence that he's not part of the deep state. Um, he is a co-founder of the House Freedom Caucus. And as you probably know, the deep state, the old guard, you know, they hate the House Freedom Caucus. So um, he's been treated horribly uh, when he first came in. Boehner and all those people, um, they just despised him. And, you know, I remember he got removed from some committee uh, by the old guard because he, you know, wasn't uh, one of them. But he's kept his head down. He's more of a workhorse 
than a show horse. And so, uh, unlike Steve, for example, he doesn't, he's not a lightning rod. He doesn't attract, um, you know, the left is, is bad trying to take him down. And so um, that might have a little bit to do with why they didn't throw the book at him. But what's really going on is what he did and what Steve did were two different things in the sense that they said Steve had, you know, fraudulently raised all this money that he then spent on luxury items for himself, Um, which is not true, but we can get into that if you want. But um, in Schweiker's case, it was accounting errors. Nobody benefited. He didn't benefit. And it was all done by his former chief of staff. And the problem is, is even though it was all his chief of staff, if you were congressman, you were held 100% responsible for what your staff does. Now, one of the interesting things about this, I want to highlight, you know what? I uh, misspoke about uh, Mr. Schweiker saying, hey, you know what? He's probably part of the deep state. I don't know the guy. And uh, Rachel could tell that I don't know him. Uh, but it's interesting the different treatment they got. And we can talk about why the different treatment in just a second. But Rachel respectfully emailed me and said, hey, Sam, there's more that you might want to know about this. And I said, really? And I want to come on the radio and directly correct the record. And and the reason that I do is because I believe one of the keys to credibility is humility. You know what? We're all in the news 24-7. When you're on the radio like I am, two hours a day, six days a week, 12 hours of live radio, hey, you're bound to get something not exactly correct. You can only dig so hard on so many stories, and, and once in a while things aren't perfect. But the difference is do I lie, cover up, play games, defend myself over a pride issue or over a ego issue, or do I say, you know what? Good point, Rachel. Let's learn. Let's learn together. So I brought Rachel on, and I wanted to talk about it and candidly lay it out in a, in a meaningful way, and Rachel's so kind about it. But, hey, when she has more information than I have, that's what we want on your radio. We want the truth. It isn't about Sam. It isn't about me being right. It isn't about any of those things. What it's about is the truth. And so we're learning that uh, David Schweiker, good guy. And why the difference between Steve and uh, Schweiker then Really, it comes down to who's part of their defense, maybe? Um, you know, this is me speculating, but I think, you know, David Schweikert is a very strategic, calculating type of person. He's very exact. He's very precise. Um, whereas Steve Stockman, you know, he's got ADHD. He's not a detail-oriented person. Um, yeah, that's that could be part of it in, in when they set up their defense. But honestly, I mean, we, I think the, the way the left looks at them, Steve is a lightning rod, and they wanted to go after him. And they thought he profited financially, whereas Schweiker did profit financially in their eyes. All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Rachel Alexander with us, well-known author on townhall.com and many other places. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hey, listen up. 
This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped-up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love get married and have some kids. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, Rachel Alexander with us, ladies and gentlemen. She's the editor of the Intellectual Conservative She's also an author at townhall.com and more. Uh, so, Rachel, anything else about David Schweiker, uh, Arizona rep, we ought to know about? Um, maybe that he uh, is such a hard worker that he was able to get on the House and Ways uh, Committee, and he is the only Republican on there. So if you want somebody who will really get stuff done for you, this is the guy, because the left is not going to come after him and destroy him because he just he just quietly works in the background. Can he get a hold of President Trump for us and try to advocate for Steve Stockman? <laughs> I already have. That might be a little too big of a too tall of an order, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think senators can get a hold of uh, President Trump a lot easier than uh, congressmen can, for one thing. Andy Biggs should be doing something for Steve Stockman, too, but Andy seems to be strangely silent on the discussion point. Sad to say. Uh, nevertheless, I wanted to correct the record on that, and I stand corrected. I give a shout-out to David Schweiker. And, um, you know, there you go. All right. I want to talk about BLM harassment. A lot of people are getting harassed by BLM. <laughs> you seem to be one of the prime targets, Rachel. Oh, my gosh. What a nightmare. All I did was uh, posted something on my Facebook page. All I did was tell the truth. <laughs> well, I, I just said I had, I had a boyfriend who was black for three years, so I I don't want to be called a white 
supremacist because I'm conservative. Well, that got reported back to Black Lives Matter, and they uh, posted something in a group called Expose Your Local Racist. Where Expose Your like, Local Racist. Everybody has one, don't they? <laughs> well, there's, these groups, there's these groups like this all over Facebook now. Yes, of course and, there are. Oh, yeah. They, they, all they do is they try to get people in trouble at their jobs and destroy their life. And so they did this, this forged screenshot of me making it look like I had said F Black Lives Matter over and over again. And so after that. Hold on. Let's I, be clear. You didn't say any such thing, did you? No, I've never. I've been on Facebook and Twitter since 2008. I've never even used one profane word much less said anything that was racist. I, I don't even I don't even hate Black Lives Matter. When I write about, uh, you know, the violence, I'm usually directing it at, at Antifa. So it's not even anything I would say. And so they just harassed me, did the most vicious things, you know, uh, did horrible things, you know, trying to get me in trouble with my employer. I mean, it was just, it was a nasty month, and I've never blocked so many people. I don't know how to respond to this. Uh, has it got to the point of violence, or is it just kind of an online thing to this point? That's a good question. Um, one of the guys uh, sent me a really nasty email, and I reported that one to the FBI. Well, yeah, I mean, these people are out of control. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my friends was trying to defend me, and this creep asked for his address. He wanted to come beat him up. So the FBI called me and they said, well, unless, you know, we can see a direct threat of violence. Yeah, and tell your know. dad we can't really do anything about it, Rachel, there. Yeah, and, and, you know, they were candid. They were honest. They said, look, you know, every time we see a real violent threat, if we don't do something, we're going to get slammed in the news if something happens. So all of our resources have to go to the violent stuff. Where do we go from here? Where's Facebook and Twitter and everything else to shut down? I thought violence wasn't allowed and the threats and just highlights yeah. the double standard. Yeah, something has to be done. I have a friend who had an inside source on Facebook, and I complained to him about uh, you know this problem. Never heard back. But it, it does need to be stopped because, um, as one, one person told me, he runs a website for a major company. He said 10% of the emails that come in through that website now are people trying to get employees fired for stuff just like this. Now, why are they saying you are a racist? Just because of that forged image saying F Black Lives Matter that I didn't do. So let me get this straight then. You got somebody inside that made this manipulated, I don't know, I'm trying to think how to word this. Somebody created a, a false representation of what you said and or did, and then the rest of them just believe it because they see it? Yeah, and it, it gets even worse. Two of the people who um, posted horrible, nasty things on my Facebook page, they admitted they knew it was a forgery, and they Still, they laughed and used profanity, just slamming me anyways. Um, and uh, the FBI is not going to do anything about forgery stuff? No, 
No, and what's even weirder is they say on their webpage that they look into libel. This is pure libel. And um, but the guy said to me on the phone, "No, we don't do libel because that's a civil matter. You'll have to sue them." And, and we all know if I if he's been able to like uh, locate this guy to serve him and sue him, he's not going to have any money. You know, he works at a place like McDonald's. I'll never get a dime from him. So where do we go from here? Is there a way? Is there any way to get it to stop, or are they just going to force you to uh, jettison the blogosphere, if you will? Yeah, I you know I haven't thought it through that far yet, but you bring up a really good point. We've got to do something about it, and uh, the only the thing that just jumps out at me right away is you know going to Facebook and tr- doing trying to get them to either shut these groups down or um, you know look into them and stop some of this viciousness because it's 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 out of control. Every I, I maybe you should go on a public speaking tour, uh, public speaking tour with the first lady on the Be Best campaign, and we could stop the bullying there. You know. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's. Uh, it, it, I have so many friends now who have been fired for ridiculous reasons at this point, and I'm writing about them now. I, I don't want to spend the rest of my career writing about all these poor people. Wow, Rachel Alexander, a racist. Uh, the problem is how, at what level can the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa, the, I don't know what you want to call these people, the communists, the socialists, the haters, the violent provocateurs, whatever words to use for these people, at what level can they attack, say, a Rachel Alexander and it not cross the line? But yet if it crosses the line, you know, what happens? The point is, is there any real protection and how far can this really go? You sum that up really well. The, the reason I bring this up, though, is, look, because I have you on now, they can attack me because, of course, I'm a racist because you're a racist. And, you know, wouldn't you like to be a racist, too? Right. <laughs> yeah. OK. But yet at what point, though, will they shut you down, me down? We've all got families and loved ones and friends and parents and whatever that they'll you know, threaten to harass. And will they be able to just shut us all down? Well, what's scary is, you know, I think people should become self-employed if they're outspoken like us because, yeah, they'll, they'll go to your employer and get you fired. But they're now going after clients of people who are self-employed and getting the clients to stop coming to you. We, we can't hide. I mean, I, I just can't wait to be old and retired because then what are they going to do to me? Well, yeah, the pro- that's they that's- won't they won't let you have your money. They'll, they'll tell you you have to, you know, disavow Christianity or whatever, like they do in China, right? Yeah, so- or they'll tell you you're an enemy, enemy combatant, and enemy combatants can't get Social Security or whatever. You know, go like that. <laughs> when, when I, I know this sounds insane, but and I don't mean to be belligerent about this, but I'm saying when is this going to stop, and what can be done? And I don't want to resort to their tactics. I don't want to go low like they're going, but at the same time, I look at it and go, something's got to be done. I have been harassed like this, as you have. I won't go into the details right now, but I've been harassed this much and more. I've been in the radio business for almost 30 years now, and I'm telling you right now, I've had people threaten to burn down my radio station. I've had people call me up and say, we knew the IRS would get you. And I, you know, all the way through to the point where I've even had judges literally have people take notes on the programs we do keeping track of what we're talking about as if we're some kind of domestic threat kind of a thing it, it, this is out of control and the problem is i think they're just getting started rachel 
absolutely. I keep saying this is just going to get worse, and I'm I'm sick and tired of employers not standing up for their employees because what's going to happen is they're going to come after another employee then after that first one gets fired, and so then there'll be a second one who will get fired, and so then they'll say this is just a bastion of white supremacy. And you need to apologize. You need to do a donation to Black Lives Matter. You need to take a sensitivity training course. You need to. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Alexander with us. She's being harassed by Black Lives Matter. I've been harassed. Wouldn't you like to get harassed too? All right, quick pause. Hard-hitting talk. Straight ahead. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Tropical Storm Isaias is now accelerating and speeding up the mid-Atlantic coastline, still with gusty winds of nearly 70 miles an hour at times, but it's mostly the rain that's making news. It's dumped six and seven inches of rain on parts of Maryland, Virginia, and Delaware. So far, the heaviest damage, though, was reported earlier in North Carolina. That's where the storm spawned a tornado that's blamed for at least one fatality. New Yorkers are bracing for the arrival of the storm. Mayor Bill de Blasio says he's most concerned about flooding from the heavy rains. They've set up some barriers in lower Manhattan to try to hold back the waters. He's also urging New Yorkers to spend a few hours not going outside until the storm has passed, headed ultimately for southern New England. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Balance of nature, it's the greatest thing in the world. I can't imagine where I'd be without it. You know, I I feel 20 years old again, and I want to continue to stay in shape. I understand the oversaturation in the market and the resulting cynicism that people have, but balance of nature works for anybody and everybody. And as much as it's a today product, it's a product for the future for me. I am the most satisfied customer in the world. I don't know what I would do without it. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. President Trump indicating he's still a bit miffed at the late civil rights icon, Congressman John Lewis, who died recently. In an interview with Axios yesterday, the president mentioned several times that Lewis, a longtime Democratic Georgia congressman who died at the age of 80 last month, did not come to his inauguration or his State of the Union speeches. The president saying he couldn't, quote, say one way or the other when asked if he thought Lewis was impressive. Trump saying later that Lewis was was a person devoted to a lot of energy and heart in the civil rights campaigns, but added there were many others like him also. President Trump and his company facing a probe of alleged insurance and bank fraud, according to Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance, who yesterday made a court filing seeking the president's tax returns, corporate and personal, for eight years. 
The president says this is a continuation of the worst witch hunt in American history. And this is USA Radio News. All right, Rachel Alexander with us, ladies and gentlemen. She writes for townhall.com, doing a phenomenal job getting harassed by the BLM thugs. And uh, I find this headline from Town Hall and Rachel's column says this. Progressives get conservative Catholic teacher fired over Black Lives Matter tweet. So now you got a Catholic teacher, conservative folks, uh, dealing with the same things you're dealing with, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we're all finding each other, those of us who have been harassed. And um, this guy's situation is outrageous because all these was Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group. And, you know, people, Giuliani said they might be a terrorist group. You know, people say that all the time about it. Uh, the FBI has basically said they're a terrorist group. And so, yeah, his Catholic high school, where he's been teaching at for like seven years, um, in response to all these uh, Black Lives Matter and activists uh, petitioning the school to get him fired, they, they got rid of him. Now, the interesting thing is in the past when these kind of harassments would occur, what we could do is we could research their money trail and we could expose where they're getting their money from and it would usually stop them in their trash because they didn't want their cash cow gorged. But now what's happened is the mainstream corporations are funding all these people to where they don't care if you know where their money comes from now, right? Yeah, yeah. they've become mainstream. You know, the, the far-left activists are now accepted at all the major companies they you know they're like acting like jesse jackson used to act you know 25 years ago when he would shake down these companies for money um they're they're just doing the same thing and they're they're a vast network at this point all right ladies and gentlemen i don't know where this goes are we going to have to get to the point where we create a covenant community with uh literally a city guard protection because at what point will this stop I mean, I don't want to be dead before I find out that, oh, I'm not going to get protected. Are we going to have to create our own covenant communities or something, Rachel? What's the next step for us? Um, I think it is going to get worse, and I could see it definitely going in that direction. I just hope the people in the middle who have been quiet, um, you know, finally get sick of it because they're going to be called racist, too. They're even calling their own people on the left racist. I mean— some of these, you know, old-fashioned liberals are finally speaking up and saying that up. But uh, we need we need more people to speak up. And one thing I like is all the rise of these black conservatives now who are outspoken like Candace Owens. I think they're going to be the ones who can make a difference and push this back. I pray you're right. It reminds me, though, uh, there's some people pushing back. I am. You are. There's a few of us. And Candace Owens doing a great job, and we're grateful for her and her involvement as well. And we're ready to link arms with people like that who will make a difference and stand for the truth. But it almost reminds me right now of bringing a water bottle to a fire. Yeah. It's uh, (laughs) It's just not even close to enough. Yeah, it's a really uphill battle. And as long as they have all these advantages, like, you know, these Facebook groups where they can just target us and destroy us and our employers just cave, um, you're right. It's too much. I mean, what are you going to do? And I... Again, I just tell everybody, if you're outspoken on social media, you better have a source of income that they cannot destroy. 
a buddy of mine call, got a hold of me the other day, and he's like, Sam, I've decided that I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. And he said, you know what? I'm about to start doing this, this, and this, and this, and this. Um, what do you think? Should I do it? And I told him no. And don't get me wrong. I want people in the fight. But the problem is the guy's just going to put his family in harm's way. He's going to have his income destroyed. At this point, I'm not so sure how that helps. Wow. Uh, that's that's tough, having to tell your friend that. But um, Well, what else do I say? Yes, by all means, stand up. I'm just telling you, he works at a place where his income will be gone in two seconds. I guarantee it. I can't go into where he works and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just telling you, the chances of him doing good by standing up right now is almost zero. And that's why the rest of us, you know, who are self-employed or have a safe income, we need to speak up all the more, to speak up for the people who can't. And we need to find a way where guys like this who want to speak up actually can in a, in a way that could meaning, be meaningful, meaning make a difference. I just can't. It's kind of like taking on the IRS right now. Even though I believe the IRS is a criminal enterprise, uh, even though I uh, believe in appropriate taxation, I believe that the um, direct taxation of the IRS is evil as all get out. And I believe that they, they're on shaky legal ground uh, when it comes to taxation in the first place. Meaning if you study the law... Um, you know, the, the law is on the side of those who would not pay income tax. Okay? That's factual. However, when somebody says, should I pay my income tax or not? I say, pay it. You're on the jaws of the lion. You don't want to lose. You can't be singled out and get slaughtered. It won't do you any good. It doesn't help the cause is the point, really, in my opinion. It just means you lose everything you've got, and you're, then you're not very effective in the fight because you're fighting for your very existence. And I see that that's going to be the case on every front as long as we allow big tech to enable terrorists and violent protesters, whatever you want to call them, I don't even know how violent and protest work together because they're not even the same. We have a right to peacefully assemble. You don't have a right to protest and or go violent, but they're getting all the protection and all the funding, and we are on the ropes. Okay? Yeah, no, you, you said that well. So let me give you this headline from Rachel to make the point. She's actually saying it well. I'm just bridging talking points here. Here's another column from Town Hall and Rachel Alexander. It says this. The left's brilliantly deceptive documentary, the alt-right, Age of Rage. See, they're trying to pitch us as the ones that are extreme racist, hate-filled, violent, and full of rage. It's just pure propaganda. Yeah, I had to write that article because I was so furious at how biased it was. They kept interspersing real white supremacists with regular conservatives and acting like they were one and the same. They would literally jump from one shot to another shot. You see, you know, a Breitbart logo and then you see, you know, a David Duke type of person, this guy named uh, Richard Spencer. I didn't even know who he was because... White supremacists are very rare at this point. Nobody likes them. Nobody pays any attention to them except the left-wing media because they want to hold them up and pretend that they're on the right when a lot of them actually aren't on the right. You know, the National Socialist Party, you look down its views, I would say a majority of them are on the left. So this was just a genius documentary, and I, I, I do not like the term alt-right, and I tell people don't use it because all it means is Anyone from a white supremacist to a, a conservative out of the mainstream like Breitbart. And um, 
they are not one and the same. Yeah, they use a label. They use a label term to force you all into that bucket, and then they define what that word or that phrase or that label means. And then, hey, you're thrown under the bus falsely. So I walk right down Constitutional Lane. I'm not right or left. Yeah, it's probably a safer position. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm I'm just tired of people labeling people on the right as racist when we kick them out of our stuff. You know, this Richard Spencer showed up at a CPAC event and he got kicked out. So how can you say he's part of the conservative movement? You can't. Well, you can if you just lie and you don't care about the truth there. Say whatever you want. They don't. And he got kicked out because his views weren't conservative. He's for all kinds of liberal things, but this all- Well, and here's my response on Richard Spencer. Agree with him or disagree with him. He has every right to his opinions, his thoughts, his beliefs, too, as wrong as some of them, in my personal view, may be. Well, he does, but he can't necessarily come into a private depacking. No, he can't. They have every right to kick him out if they want to. Right. What I'm defending is everybody has these rights. Look, if it's my property, I have the right to kick you off it or do what I want to do with it. If it's my private organization, I have the right to say I don't like blind people. I don't want any blind people in here, man. I hate blind people. And if I want to say that, I should be able to say that. Now, it's a wrong-headed view. I get it. I don't really believe that. By the way, Sam is a blind person, just so you know, Rachel. Who is? I am. He's been blind since he was born. So he can make that kind of... So I can say I hate blind people and I don't want them in my place of business, see? Oh, my gosh. Those blind people shouldn't belong in here, man. They'll trip over everything. They'll break everything. They'll just cause havoc in my... I don't want them in here. Okay, now that's a wrong-headed view, but I defend people's right to say and believe those things as wrong as they may be. Now, we should use our influence to educate them so that they're not so ignorant. I get it. But I also get that I'm going to defend people's rights to believe and think and do what they want to do with their own lives and their own private property as long as they're not committing crimes. Hey, if they want to be a racist or a bigot, they can. Not that I agree with that, but because if we don't allow that view, then what happens? Eventually, it's the Christians on the chopping block. It's the conservative. It's us. And we need to be smarter than this. So I'm not for Richard Spencer's beliefs, many of them. I'm not for his behavior, much of it, but I defend his right to believe and think what he wants. I also defend CPAC's right to kick him out if they want to. It's their private group. Well, and it's fine for him to participate in that alt-right documentary. Um, it's just I think we need to call it out on how deceptive it was. No question. By all means. That's my point is that, hey, let's just have be as transparent as we can and let the chips fall where they may. How about that idea? <laughs> all right. That's- Here's a cool column that, that Rachel wrote. She says this, and I'll have her respond. In seconds on the other side of this short pause, she says this. They Jesse Smollett me. Is that a verb? Liberty Roundtable Live. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. 
Big Q, Little Q, the calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Alexander riding shotgun. We're talking about the abuse that we as conservatives seem to be taking. Of course, the FBI can throw Ammon Bundy in prison for like two years, and then the jury says he's guilty of nothing, and the, well, government is so criminal, so corrupt, uh, that the judge just has to throw out the case. Wow. Two years in prison for nothing. Steve Stockman stuck in prison with a corona. Rachel Alexander and many of us being harassed like you wouldn't believe. Catholic teacher fired over Black Lives Matter tweet. And now uh, Rachel says, they Jesse Smollett me. Is that a verb, <laughs> Rachel? <laughs> uh, you know, I, it is now, huh? I, I, I can't remember if I actually made that up or I saw somebody else use it. But, I, I mean, it, it's what they do. They make up racist incidents that really don't happen, and they blame Trump supporters, conservatives, um, you know. That's, white that's, people. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're white, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. Now, see, when I, when I go into a debate about race, I, I am a totally blind person. I have been since birth, so I, I make a joke about we don't want any blind people in this place uh, to highlight the absurd by being absurd a little bit, right? Um, and I can say it where others can't, maybe. But what I'm bringing up, though, is that, look, if you're white, you don't stand a chance in the race debate because you're already a systemic racist. You can't help it. That's the way you're born. Uh, your privilege is so ingrained that you don't even realize it. In fact, since you don't know you're a racist, that just proves even so much more how you really are. Um, what I got to do, though, when I go into a debate is I got to say, you got to tell me what color you are so I can decide how I'm going to treat you. It's a joke to highlight the point that, you know what, this is insane. Yeah, that's... that's I don't give a rip what color you are, what race you are. If you have the same ideals as I do, or at least close enough, we're, we're great friends and we have respect for one another. You betray everything that I hold dear and we just won't want to keep company, that's all. Doesn't mean I hate you, doesn't mean I want ill to you. I don't want any harm to go to the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, but I certainly don't want to spend my time with them. Yeah, I think that's the only that's why the conservative blacks are going to be the people who will turn this around not us white people and i think that 
um, when they say we have white privilege, I think that is a white supremacist thing to say. To say, oh, we have it, we have it made. Oh, yeah, you know, really, really. Why do you think we have it made? What What is so wonderful about it that makes us have it made? Well, so I just I publicly, I just publicly want to ask LeBron for a loan <laughs> because of my privilege. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I just and I just look at all the different um, things about people. You know, if you're really ugly, if you're really fat. I mean, there, we all have characteristics that are different, and people will treat us differently for different characteristics. So, why do you have to take one characteristic and hold it out above everything else and say, you know, this is the only thing that counts? This is all we're going to talk about in society. And, and we've decided that. Well, they don't really care what fault line they use, Rachel. They they did the gay versus straight. They did the, you know, godless versus the godly. They did the male against the female. They, they don't really give a rip what fault line they're using as long as they can make hay with division and destruction of everything we hold dear. Their real goal is the destruction of America and conservative ideals and values, and they don't really care what fault line they use. No, you're right. I mean, look at the LGBT activism. They're trying to get people fired from their jobs. They're, you know, they're doing the same exact thing. So, um we're, we're, we're under assault from all fronts. As, as my buddy Kurt would say, other than that, it's not so bad. All right, I got two stories to finish up the hour with Rachel on. First one talks about, your article talks about the vicious fighting between people over masks. So, you know, it's like to be or not to be. It's like to mask or not to mask, Rachel. Oh, this one just drives me crazy. Oh, you know, they're saying it might save some lives and you know, we don't have evidence that masks actually work. And, you know, I've read all the scientific studies coming out. I've got friends who are epidemiologists and former molecular biologists, and they all say they don't work. And yet we're told we have to wear them or we are just mean and we don't care about other people's lives. And, oh, what's so frustrating is here in Arizona, moderate women are going to decide the election. That's who's going to decide whether Trump wins Arizona, a swing state, or not. And they like the mask. So our governor here is, you know, practically mandating masks everywhere because he's trying to help Trump win re-election. Wow. All right. What I find interesting about this mask discussion is I'm almost— trying to figure out how I can go into the media publicly and check every box that I'm just the worst person in the world. Number one, I'm married to a woman, okay? I'm a white male. I have conservative views. I don't wear masks. I, uh, what else, Kurt, do I got? I, uh, there's just uh, everything, you know, I'm full of machismo. It's I've a got a bunch of children. It's a long list of problems. I, you know, I'm religious. I'm Christian. And I, I just wonder how many boxes I could check that would make me a homophobe, a racist, a hater, an enemy, uh, to the point where it could just be so absurd that everybody gets it. It's like, wait a minute, you know? We almost ought to stack up our, I don't know if there are negatives or our positives there, Rachel. Yeah, and I don't have all the answers to that. Um, I just pulled it in the history of various countries around the world uh, whenever they have wanted to destroy a certain type of people in that country, they portray them as rich and wealthy and elitist and they control everything, but that's not true. They just put this false perception out there about it, 
And that's how they turn the whole country against that group. And that group is then despised and, you know, kicked out of the country or, you know, in the case of the Nazis, you know, they did it to the Jews. We saw right, well, I'm going to make a statement and I want you just to understand how racist I am. Are you ready? Oh boy. We are all God's children. When will we act like it? When will we act like it? That's awesome. Well, when will we act like it? <laughs> so we're all God's children. When are we going to act like it? See, see how racist I am? Oh, the atheists will hate you. Well, hey, they're God's children. Even if they don't acknowledge the fact, that's okay. They can deny the truth all day long if they want to. I defend their right to do so. All right, here's the last story Rachel's got for today that I find fascinating. So while the world's going on and debating masks and just off into goofy racism and fighting at every venue possible, it seems, Rachel's doing some real reporting behind the scenes. Listen to this. Corrupt DOJ finally caught for going after the little guys during the subprime mortgage crisis. I don't know if you know, but I was a mortgage broker during the subprime mortgage crisis. And I'm not a mortgage broker anymore. Did you know that? No. Yeah, me and my wife were mortgage brokers. We were kind of the small guys. And anyway, long story short, the banking cartels melted down. The big boys got bigger and the small guys all fell apart. But the corrupt DOJ finally got caught in Rachel reports. Rachel? Yeah, this is one of the worst cases I've ever written about. Tony Viola, a mortgage broker and one of the little guys, and basically when the subprime loan crisis happened in 2008, the government decided to bail out the bank, but it wanted to go after targets to make it look like it was doing something and punishing people. So for uh, while the banks were giving these, you know, no down payment mortgages people who, you know, obviously weren't qualified for them, uh, and everybody knew the banks were doing this, the government decided that it was the mortgage broker's fault, and so we were going to go after the mortgage brokers for these no-down payment mortgages, and that's what they did all over the country, um, including Tony's hometown of Cleveland, and they wanted to get him so bad, they just hid evidence. They made up stuff. They forged signatures. And unfortunately, he didn't find out until after he was in prison. But it was so egregious. He did his own appeal with no attorney from prison and got it all over him. I almost don't even know how to respond to this story because I don't know if you want to say speedy trial. But look, this is 2008. Now it's 2020. And nobody's even reporting on the fact that the DOJ was all corrupt and got caught. Yeah, I, I'm the only person in a major publication, um, that, unless it's come out within the last few days, and I haven't checked, uh, that's even written about his case. I've looked. I don't see anything on it. Oh, it's, it's horrendous. And, and I think it's because people don't want to take on the DOJ. Like you said, people don't want to take on you know big, powerful entities like the IRS. Who wants to take on the DOJ? I would be terrified. I don't even know how to respond to this. But when are we going to shut down the Department of Justice and shut down the FBI? They're becoming two of the greatest criminal organizations on the planet. Although it's hard to know if they beat the IRS in their criminal activity, but there you go. 
Well, former congressman Rick Renzi, who also wrongly went to prison, is now a good friend of mine. We're working together. I'm writing a book with him about what happened to him. And he has started a website, abusepower.org. Hold on. Slow down. Slow down. Give the name and the website again. Uh, abuseofpower.org. Okay. And we're going to build it up into something big. It's it just started, and um, it's going to go after the FBI and the DOJ. And we're just coming up with a tagline right now, but it might be abolish the FBI. Wow. We certainly need to get that done yesterday. We need to make something out of their acronym for our tagline, right? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. We got we got to use FBI somehow. I, I'd have to think on it a little bit on the radio. It's probably not the best time, but I'm I'm decently creative. We got to come up with something with the initials FBI to make our point. And uh, no doubt, there's a federal bureau corruption at the highest levels. Um, that's for sure. And we need to do something about it. And it's harder for me to know if I need to worry more about Antifa and those guys, or if I need to worry more about the FBI and Justice Department and those guys. Who's my bigger threat right now? There's threats at every sign, it seems to me. Wow, that's a scary way to look at it. The but jackals are out in force is what I'm saying. I I, I now have friends and people I talk to who, they're recruiting overseas. You know, one guy I'm about to write about soon, he basically said, as soon as his trial, everything's over, he's, he's done. He's out of here. There's no justice in this, this country. It's, it's biased. It's, you know... Corrupt. Yeah, the problem is there's nowhere to go safer and freer, though. Yeah, they, they, they point out a couple countries here and there. That yeah, but here's the bad. problem with those couple of countries. Remember, in America, even though we're off the rails big time, we do have the seeds for solutions baked into the pie, so to speak. Uh, in other words, if enough Americans stand up, we can use the checks and balances. By our greater numbers, can we force a change in success? Fully informed juries enough Americans to stand up and reelect people and demand uh, vote fraud ends and these kind of things. Other countries don't have the seeds for solutions so easy uh, as we do. So even though we're further afield, we have the ability to get on track via the nature of the system. Other countries don't have that blessing. Boy, I hope you're right because I don't want to leave this country. I have no intention to. Neither do I. Rachel, we appreciate all you do for the sacred cause of liberty. Come back soon, will you? Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Rachel Alexander, everybody. In-depth, real digging and reporting. Black Lives Matter starting to harass her. If that doesn't tell you something <laughs> about who she really is, I don't know what does. And I'm grateful for her reporting on the mortgage crisis. Guess who's criminal? Ah, just the Justice Department and the FBI. They're the ones that got caught with their hand in the cookie jar the most of anybody. God save the Republic of the United States. LovingLiberty.net.